You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. Well, you know, it it turns out the desire to be in the media isn't by itself a qualifier. For sure. You know, so what we'll do is we'll we'll work with people to develop initiatives that take their story and kind of are filtered around their story or become a vehicle to make what they're doing more newsworthy and get them into the get them into the news cycle and and sort of tell their story. So it's part of it is, you know, developing, you know, the right messaging and saying the right things or avoiding saying the wrong things. Um, some of it is crisis communications. Um, just, you know, the number one rule of which the, the main thing you need to know about crisis communications is stop talking. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's more, you know, sort of involved, it's more strategic in nature of, you know, if let's go and sort of execute this, take this program and execute this program and then promote that into the public yeah, discourse. I, you know, I, I think knowing when to shut up is uh, is key. It's like, you know, on, well, the, on those crisis communication, you, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is do nothing. You, you mentioned one of the things that you, you said kind of early on. You said sometimes the story is what they didn't do. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, it's uh, you know, you're being accused of something, or you're being oh, okay. um, you know, you're being attacked in some way, or you know, you have a, you know, what's, what's really sort of in vogue now is, you know, you have an employee who has their interpretation of what happened and they go and put it on social media and then reporter picks that up. And, you know, it, that their interpretation happens to fit with the dominant narratives and that are popular and make for good copy for reporters. They just don't happen to be true. And, uh, you know, navigating those kinds of situations. Well, is it better to just say, hey, that, you know, that's a pack of lies or that, you know, that didn't happen or or what do you uh, how do you approach? It, it depends. You know, it's, it, it all it all depends on the situation. Um, you know, a lot of times it's going to be, you know, I, I guess it's a question of of how far off of their interpretation are there, because, you know, sometimes you have that individual's interpretation of what happened, but yet the facts, the underlying facts may still be problematic for you as well. Even if that interpretation is wrong, you can still be in trouble. And so yeah. it, it's really okay. situ- it's really situational. Uh, I think that's the art form of knowing when to speak and knowing when to, you know, when to, when to stop talking. Uh, that That's, you know, one of the age, you know, time-tested reporter tricks is they'll just stop talking and, and let all of this dead silence, you know, hang out there. And human instinct is to try and fill that silence. And so then you'll just start, you'll start talking and, and say all kinds of things that you may have regretted, uh, wish you hadn't. What are, what are some of the things that you're seeing that companies are getting accused of that they're having the, the most difficult time deciding how to respond to? Well, you know, I think just broadly, um, it, it's, it's very uh, geographic. You know, depends on where you're at. You're going to have various pieces or various sides of the culture wars. It's, you know, I think it's increasingly difficult for for businesses to stay out or above of that because you've kind of graduated, you know, several generations of college students who have been sort of 
led to believe that it is their business's obligation or their CEO or their executives or their company's obligations to to be on the political field and engaging in these culture wars. Uh, so you get a lot of pressure, you know, in, in from that direction. Uh, but the other the other thing that I think, you know, particularly smaller you know companies may not kind of realize is that every single decision you make in your business is in some way a communications decision because all your employees have Twitter and camera phones in their pockets. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so every decision you make, every policy you institute, uh, you should be thinking to the back of your mind that this is going to be public. And if you don't feel like you have a, a solid footing, then you, you may want to reconsider those policies. And so I think a lot of people find themselves unexpectedly in the middle of a story uh, that they, you know, never sought out and just didn't see coming. And here, here, here's where we're at. And I think what they've done is what, what we've advised a lot of, a lot of different companies on, you know, on, on doing is you have to decide what values you're going to stand on. Because in these moments, what it is, is you have a group of people who are trying to say, these are the standards that you should be held to and you've run afoul of them. So therefore you should do whatever. And the question is, is do you as a company, do you as an individual, as a leader in that company, accept those standards? If you don't accept those standards, then what are your standards? And so you have to know kind of what your standards are, believe those standards are acceptable, believe those standards are right, and then be unyielding on them. And that's what you see. I think you've seen Netflix ultimately come around to is Here's our standards. We think those standards are acceptable. We believe those standards are appropriate and right. And we're standing on those standards. And if you're not down with it, then this may not be the place for you, but we we wish you the best of luck. And so it's about kind of, are you deciding your standards and your values? Are you allowing someone else to assign them and hold you to their, uh, to their standards? Because then it becomes sort of a never ending, you know, extortionate kind of a relationship. Sure. And, and I think you could make the case that there's a shorter line to the business revenue and the business uh, creation and product on the Netflix example that they can't allow uh, employees to be dictating creative content uh, as opposed to an example like the My Pillow guy that you know election issues have nothing to do with selling uh, pillows and slippers. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and he, you know, he ultimately, I don't know what went, you know, behind Walmart's decision to cut him loose. Um, You know, one can, can guess, but they was, it was never really kind of something Walmart, I think smartly never really got into and talked about. It was a business decision. We're no longer doing, doing business with that guy. Well, they Um, they may be better off not explaining it, you know, to just shut up and go, yeah, we're just not going to do anymore without having to come out with a big statement. You know, I don't without I think there were some other retailers that made the same decision, but uh, without a doubt, they were 100 percent, you know, pitch perfect in not engaging that conversation because there's no, you know, but that, that that gets into back into the question of why are you doing this now? If you're a company that has made that decision because you really want to signal to the audiences that you're virtuous mm-hmm. and and we're taking a stand against this nonsense and blah, 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 then you engage that. Uh, because that's what you're out to get. If you, sure, this you is a business it. decision and you want to cut your losses and get, you know, get separated from this guy, but you don't want to dwell and live in this moment, you cut him loose. It's a business decision. That's all we have to say about it. Next question. Well, I think there's another example. When you, when you think about the position that 
Nike took on Colin Kaepernick a few years ago on you know kneeling during, during the national anthem, and you know they really leaned into the support for him. Uh, and my guess is that the calculus was that hey, this is going to really rub some people the wrong way. Some people are really going to like what we're doing. And my guess is, because Nike's not a stupid company, that they had done the calculation to say the people that this is going to alienate are likely not our primary target market anyway. And that if we're running against the values of these people who are not our target market, the drop in revenue from that is going to be minimal to the gain in revenue that people who are aligned with our values that we're going to see increase in revenue from. I'm guessing that that was the calculus they had to do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you would uh, you would assume that you know there's there's all sorts of smart arithmetic that goes into making these decisions, uh, and I think sometimes there, there 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 probably is. I also think that it's a strength of brand issue. You know, if you're Nike and you know the you know kids who buy your shoes how much do they really care one way or the other about this you know they still want the latest hippest coolest shoes and mommy's still going to buy them for them and you know that you know i think there are certain you know risk calculations that would would you know would go into that um but you know i, I also think that it's you know there are different you know different issues to sort of in, engage on um and people will you know uh, perhaps for a time, maybe pass on the next pair of shoes, but they'll be back to your Nikes. And and that's really the model that that has kind of, I think, encouraged a lot more businesses to to go to go this way. Uh, but then you have other instances like, uh, you know, what was it um, back, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago, you have DuckDuckGo, the CEO, come out with a long sort of set of tweets uh, around, you know, how they're 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 censoring COVID misinformation. And I mean, and that dude just got absolutely blown up. Like when your brand <laughs> is story, that we are, yeah, we, you know, I mean, he got blown up. I mean, he was ratioed on Twitter and it was just, I mean, you know, he was ended up kind of having to backtrack on it, but you know, he came out with all of this sort of moral, you know, vim and vigor of by God, you know, the COVID misinformation and we're, we're down, you know, down ranking results. Basically he says they're manipulating the results away from information they deemed to be, you know, misinformation around, I think it was Ukraine or COVID. I forget which one it was, maybe in Ukraine. Uh, but he was all filled with moral righteousness and he rolled that out. And then the reality is like, dude, like your whole house of cards is built on being like not Google on being not that guy, on being this this uber privacy, freedom-oriented search engine. And, you know, when you, you take a position like that that is so at odds with your whole brand, you're in a very different category of, of um, you know, di very different kettle of fish than, say, like a Nike picking up for, for so Kaepernick. So what, what was the blowback on, on that guy? Uh, well, the fact that the, the fact that the whole brand was supposedly committed to your privacy and accuracy and we just do the results <laughs> and we're not manipulating the results like Google. And all of a sudden you went out in a series of tweets and told the world that was all BS. Uh, you were, know, we ended up you were manipulating kind of, the results. Yeah. <laughs> that you, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're just like everybody else. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and what you've seen and what you've seen since then is one of, I think, the greatest creative concepts that's out there right now which is duck duck go they they have an ad promoting duck duck go 
okay. which is uh, set to the theme of uh, what was it? The old police song. Every step you take, every okay, breath you right. take, I'll be watching you. And it's got a dude in a Google T-shirt overlooking everybody's shoulder the whole time. And, I, you know, I don't know this for fact, but I have to believe that whatever they're spending on that ad campaign um, is in some way linked to this that series of tweets that just absolutely undermined the whole premise for their brand. Yeah, that sounds like just a stupid move. Well, so and we, it gets back to the question of why do you do things? Why? Yeah, and why, all these business owners asking yourself of why am I considering engaging this? Why does it need to be my brand? Why is it? Can't, why can't it be me? Why? Why am I willing to? Do I have I done the calculations? I think this makes dollars and cents. Do I not care what those calculations are? I just believe so fervently in it. You know, why are you engaging? And I think you know a lot of times people just get caught up in the emotion of the moment and don't don't go through this process. Well, you know that, that goes back to the point is is that my guess is that there was no calculation done in that. You know, he's just out there spouting off, and and had he stopped to think just a beat. Hey, do I really want to do this and make this statement flies in the face of the brand name I'm trying to create? That he wouldn't have done it. And and so isn't the better decision to just shut up? In the better why is he on Twitter saying that stuff anyway? Right. Um, and uh, I, I personally, my theory, my theory is that these search engines and these tech, as many sins as they probably are culpable of in the world of manipulating stuff and bias and politics. I think they are under immense pressure out of um, DOJ, State Department, out of, out of the out of government officials on on these issues on Ukraine because there's an immense amount of of let's just say I don't want to call it propaganda. Let's just say there was a very uniformity uniform message being delivered on on Ukraine very early on, and that has to be enforced. Yeah. And I, and so I think there are you know I think. There are a lot of things probably behind the scenes, a lot of pressures that we're not privy to that people like that react to in which, you know, they kind of get pushed into into direction. Maybe he got caught up in it. Maybe, you know, who knows? Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, CEOs, all these people, they're just people. And, you know, we all have said and done things we wish we had back or a moment we wish we did, you know, a decision we wish we had back. And that's why I think it's important to have people around you and, you know, don't don't pick up your phone and go at it until you've had a conversation with, you know, with some objective people around you that are you know willing to kind of point out and ask the questions of what 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 is the objective of doing this? What do we hope to what what hope, return do we hope to get on this? Because let me tell you what the potential costs are going to be. Thanks for making the great decision to listen in to this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly.